Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes that they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, and I'm here still at FEEP with my co-host, Patty, Van- <laughs> Patty Marbury. I about called you pa- Patty Van Ormer. Do you want to be my work wife? <laughs> I, I just I proposed am. to you. <laughs> uh, Patty and I have been visiting um, the Faculty and Employee Assistance Program offices today. And if you have not already listened to some of the great content that we've recorded with Brenda Wilson and Anna DeLong, um, please go back and take a listen to that at some point. But don't leave our conversation now because we're getting ready to have a conversation about work-life balance with Anna Sherman. Uh, Mary Sherman. Mary Sherman. I did that thing where I looked at the word and said the wrong thing again. Mary Sherman. Thanks for keeping me straight, work wife. (laughs) Mary is a licensed clinical social worker and certified employee assistance professional, and she has a certificate in positive psychology, and she's been with FEEP for 22 years. That's a lot of doing really good stuff. Yes, yes, I've really enjoyed my time working with FEEP. We've really enjoyed learning more about what you do here. Mm -hmm. This is a great program. So today we're specifically here to talk about work-life balance, which is definitely a term that gets thrown around a lot and can sometimes be a term that maybe makes people feel a little pressure. Um, And there's been a little bit of um, talk about how work-life balance isn't really possible, that we're putting too much pressure on ourselves to think about our lives in terms of like some kind of teeter-totter that we're going to keep perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. But um, we were chatting a little bit with Mary as we started about how it's all just a matter of how you think about it. Yeah, so um, work-life integration is kind of the new phrase that people are using in the field of work-life. And uh, work-life integration kind of looks at it more in a holistic way and a way of interweaving the different pieces versus the old school kind of... Like compartmentalizing things. Yeah. so yeah, that's the, the new kind of framework that people are looking at it through. And the way I kind of look at work life is looking at how can we help people thrive in their life. That's mm-hmm. the way I kind of approach it. That sounds great. Yeah. I'll take some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the challenge is now that uh, I think that's a goal for a lot of people, but many people are not uh, getting very close to that goal. What keeps us from getting very close to that goal? Um, well, I think people put way too much pressure and expectations on themselves, and that just kind of the way the world is right now, there's a lot of people that are, um, I think, a little too stressed and a little too uh, pressured, and that there's a lot of kind of energy out there that's affecting people in a way that hasn't in the last, you know, since I've been doing my work. Um, it's, it's a very different space that people are in. So it's really important for us to help people to take a look at that and come back into that space of being able to thrive. So there's a lot of external factors that keep us from having more balance. And as we've talked a lot here on the pod and with some of your colleagues today even, it's also a lot on us that we haven't really done a lot of the work to get to that point Mm -hmm. and to think about how that affects us because we lead busy lives. So it's kind of like a snake eating its tail, I guess. We're too busy to think about how our busy lives could be better. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if people can kind of take a pause and uh, kind of recognize that if they stay in that mode, that they're affecting not only themselves, but everybody in their life and community, right? Because we kind of think about putting ourselves, like sometimes I talk to people and I talk about them putting themselves on the list, you know, in yes. terms of <laughs> making sure that they take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And for them, for a lot of people, it's like they're not even on the list at right. all. Not to right. not to even mean move up on the list, but you have to be number one on the list because mm -hmm. if you don't take good care of yourself, nothing else is gonna go well. You can do mm -hmm. it for a little while, but that's not <laughs> a sustainable yeah. plan. And I think because things have shifted so much, not only is it not sustainable, but people are going into very negative space and Again, we just can't, we cannot do it. We have to pause, we have to reset, and we have to figure out what are the strategies I can use in my life and habits that I can create that are gonna allow me to be in a positive space. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love positive psychology. It's all about mm -hmm. simple, researched strategies that you can implement and have positive impacts in your life. Mm -hmm. And I've said this about 37 times since I walked through your doors <laughs> this afternoon, that, but I'll say it again, that I love how practical everything is. Like your approach here at Veep is so, like how can we dig in and like start helping? Like what are some things that, me, that I as an individual can do? What are some strategies that I can employ to make this better now? Because I think that's where we, and we've talked about this with um, confident managers. Remember, mm -hmm. Patty, where we were talking about do, do, get a start. Do something that builds a little bit of that positive momentum so you reward yourself a little bit and think, I can do this. Yeah, I've made a little steps. progress. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to jump into this and suddenly be um, some kind of guru or right. shaman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all a process. And, and I think it's important that you know, we call it a practice, you know, practices mm -hmm. of mindfulness and ways that we train our brains. So let's talk a little bit more then about this balance or integration and some of those practical ways that we can start making that a little bit more attainable. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's one piece of kind of uh, recognizing what are the strengths that we bring to the table and also trying to connect with our purpose and meaning in life. So mm -hmm. those are kind of the bigger ones that we want to make sure that we have taken a little time just to kind of stop, breathe, and figure out what are those pieces. Mm -hmm. And we have um, the Via Character Strengths is a great way that people can go online and take that for free at viacharacter.org. And they kind of list out uh, a number of different strengths and kind of based on how you answer, what are the top ones? Mm -hmm. And thinking about like how can we use our strengths more in our lives, mm -hmm. right? Because when we do that, especially at work, right, we feel much more connected. I know um, Gallup has done a research and they showed that if people use their strengths every day, that they're three times more likely to report having an excellent quality of life, six times more likely to be engaged at work, 8% more productive and 15% less likely to quit their jobs. Mm -hmm. So if we can find, you know, what are those strengths that we bring to the table and how can I integrate that more in my day-to-day -day life, when I'm doing problem solving, 
in any space in our life, that's a great thing to kind of spend a little time kind of looking at that. And it's great in context of our professional environment and the reason why we're doing this podcast, which is spurred mostly by uh, the transformation that we're heading into in finance, that we're thinking about new ways of doing things and how we see ourselves fitting into a a new way of looking at our jobs. So yeah, and maybe having the opportunity to use your strengths. Yeah, to shape that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. To, to do that. And I love um, that you mentioned the Gallup organization and their, their research and stuff. But um, so Marcus Buckingham, who mm-hmm. worked for the Gallup organization, is like the strengths um, guru. Oh, yeah. And he's the guy yeah, who yeah. we saw his, I went to the Association for Talent Development conference in May and he was one of the keynote speakers and so spent an hour and 15 minutes talking about strengths basically and other things but there's a book coming out next year and it's called The Nine Lies About Work and one of the chapters is about work-life balance isn't isn't I, I forgot the name of the chapter but it's something about that's not what we should be striving for and so since the book isn't out yet, I don't really know, but I suspect mm-hmm. that he's going to talk about this whole idea of integration and using your strengths so that it's not like a, like we said, it's not like a scale mm-hmm. where you say, okay, here's my work, and then I'm done with work, and then I'm going to go on to my life, right. and then, then I'm done with the life part of it, and I'm going to go back to work. Because that's so, a tall, weird order, right? Well, to say, yeah, I'm going to go to work now and right. leave my life at the door and pick well, it up like a parcel when I leave. Right, but it goes both ways. And so you show up at work and you don't leave your life behind. No. But you go on to your life at the end of the day. And you don't leave your work behind. And you don't leave your work behind. <laughs> a lot of people say they want to, right? Yeah. But how about being in a place where you don't necessarily want to leave that behind? Right. Because you enjoy it. you love. Right. Yeah. You're passionate about. And, and, the, and where your strengths are. Right. Yeah. And isn't and isn't it nicer? Nicer. That's a weak word. But isn't it more productive, more fulfilling, more nourishing to be a whole person at all times? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and to be your authentic self. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That just that's a better way to go. So, okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so strengths is one way. So the purpose too is another way to kind of connect purpose and meaning. And, you know, kind of purpose is how you're uniquely designed to impact the world using your passions, skills, strengths, and wisdom grounded in our values. And those serve as our kind of north stars, how, mm-hmm. to, how to guide us when we're making decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we're kind of clear on kind of what our purpose is or trying to get clear on what our purpose is, and also using our strengths within that, right? And that we have meaning in terms of the work that we're doing, right? And we can find meaning in lots of different ways. And how can we tie into the work that we're doing and the impact that it's having on people? You know, and that's different for any environment, but each piece plays an important role. And have we taken the time to really connect with what I'm doing and how that's creating meaning in my life and their mm-hmm. life and the organization because um, we know that when people are connected to that, again, there's much more kind of positive energy flow. We feel more energized. We feel more, um, you know, like we're thriving mm-hmm. in that space. Um, I forgot the name of the author, but there's a book. Um, 
that Theron Fisher has recommended to people, um, Theron Fisher of the former Center for Leadership Excellence here at UEA, um, and he's now with Talent Development. But um, the book is by Simon Sinek. Sinek, mm -hmm. thank you. Um, and where they talk about, um, have you read the book that I'm talking uh, about? I have, is it Start With Why? Start With Why. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a good so, book. So rather They have than, a podcast too, you should check it out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than have um, the whole idea of if somebody asks you what you do, you know, you can explain what you do, but think about why you do it. So start with why. And people who are purpose-driven, people who think about why they do what they do, um, and why, like, what the real purpose is, and he, of course he's talking not only personally, but organizationally. Mm -hmm. um, they find much more satisfaction in their work, even when the work that they're doing is transactional, because right. it has a purpose, and they're, they're doing what they're doing for that purpose that they're invested in and that they believe in, not because they want to fill in 57 boxes a minute on the spreadsheet. <laughs> That's not right. the purpose. Right. Yeah. And so rather, so to, to say, you know, what do you do at your work? If you, for somebody like me, I could say, you know, I help employees learn to do their work better so that they can, you know, thrive in their jobs. And it's cool though, we're all in the academic environment, so I think it's easier to make that connection sometimes. Mm -hmm. We have a more clear why than say an average corporation might, because we have missions of research and healthcare and education. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty darn lofty, what results from those things. So we have a tie to those things, but sometimes it's hard for us to translate that into some passion for what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a good exercise to think about, like personally though, what is mm -hmm. that purpose for me? How does that work for me? So that the work that you do, I mean, either you find that it does or doesn't mm -hmm. work for you. Right. And, and it not working for you and thinking about how you need to change that or change the way that you think about it or whatever, that's a valid response too. But it's doing some work to figure that out. And, and knowing that, you know, it's, it might not be the perfect fit, but hopefully you're working towards creating that more in mm -hmm. your life right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things are transitional. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes yeah. things are, are uh, long-term. So it's just that you want to hopefully find something that kind of aligns with your values, where you can use your strengths. Mm -hmm. um, and they also talk about kind of mattering, like that you feel like what you do matters. Right. You know, and that from a management standpoint, recognizing what people do and helping them feel like they matter. And then for you, connecting into that purpose and meaning and mm -hmm. using strengths. And on a really practical note, just because, again, we're talking about transformation, too, getting some of those things out of your work life that aren't as meaningful, like reducing some of those things that don't matter, like if it's a rework or mind, like things that don't, you don't need to be doing, like if we improve the process some, you wouldn't have to do right. something that doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. um, that's good stuff. Yeah, especially as you're going through a reorganization, yeah. it's a really important time to look at those things and how mm -hmm. we do them, mm -hmm. right? And how, you know, does this matter, right? And does this help um, in terms of what we're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. So we talked about those big pieces, like finding your strengths, mm -hmm. getting a connection to your purpose, um, Drop some more wisdom on us. <laughs> so what else do 
we need so, to be thinking so those about are the big things. Yeah. So then, then we look at kind of how we manage ourselves and our energy, right? So we, that's the piece where we then look at what are those strategies we can do that can make an impact. So um, some of the different things that we can do, um, the most powerful thing I think we have is our, the power of our mindset, right? So that's something we control completely, right? And that impacts everything. And I love the work, have you guys seen Aaliyah Crumb's um, TED Talk? Mm-mm. So Aaliyah Crumb, right. uh, she has a great one around mindset, and she talks about how, um, one example she gives is she did research, and she had 84 different housekeepers in seven different hotels. And they did um, some pre and post, and had a control group, where they didn't do any intervention, and they had an experimental group, and they had asked everybody, do you get regular exercise? Mm -hmm. Two-thirds said they don't get regular exercise, one-third said they get no exercise. Meanwhile, they're housekeepers and are exercising all day long, right? So they did a 15-minute presentation saying you're meeting the Surgeon General's requirements for exercise. And then they put up in their break room just a picture of somebody changing a sheet and how many calories per hour, somebody vacuuming, how many calories per hour. So in the pre and post control group, no change in the experimental group, they lowered their systolic blood pressure, they lowered their body fat, how fascinating. they lowered their weight, and they increased their job satisfaction. So because I'm exercising. Yes. And they did it with intent then. With intent, with awareness, right? And no, none of them joined a gym, anything like that. That is so interesting. Yeah, so only their mindset shifted. So then she did this follow-up where she gave people a Sensi shake, a low-fat, low-sugar, sh- low low-calorie shake, and measured their ghrelin level, which is how satiated we are after we eat. So it changed, but just a little bit like we'd had a snack or something like that. Brought the same people back a week later, gave them high-calorie, high-sugar, high-fat, uh, shake and measured ghrelin level and it changed dramatically like they'd had a large meal. Right? But in reality she gave them the same shake, same amount of sugar, same amount of fat. Just she just told, told them. them. Yeah. So even their body's reaction just based on how they looked at the food they were ingesting shifted. If there is one thing that I have learned from talking with you today, with all of you, here at FEEP, it is that our minds are very, very powerful, yet we pay them no attention. (laughs) We act like they are just a given up there percolating and that there, but there's so much to be gained from paying attention and thinking about your mindset and where you're putting your energy and how you're thinking about yourself and and your work. Yeah. And your, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say a mindset shift can change with nothing yeah. else changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. can completely change the experience you have, like in your work, in your life, completely change it. Mm-hmm. Neo. And just the fact that if people believe that they can change, believe that they're right, um, believe that they can make a difference or believe that they can change right. is. Or believe they can learn something new. Right. And this is available to you 24-7. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, you have complete control Mm -hmm. over this, and this is what, you know, impacts your well-being, your work life, Mm -hmm. integration. All of that is tied into the way you look at the world. 
And what you look for, you will find. Mm -hmm. right? So if you if you go to work, like I give the example, if you go to work and you think today's going to stink, what's the likelihood of today stinking? Yeah, very high. Because yeah. I'm going to notice everything that stinks. That stinks. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to take that in, and that's what I'm going to feel. Mm -hmm. So if I go into work, I'm like, it's going to be a great day. The likelihood is it's going to be a great day, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm going to take in, mm -hmm. notice, like what we look for, we will find. Mm -hmm. Anything that's that's good, and anything negative, I'll probably be like, Meh, that's okay. I dealt with it. Yeah. You know? Now it's not saying like a, a caveat is not saying that we can have negative emotions. That's right. okay. It's very detrimental. Or that bad things not happen. Yeah. Right. Not right. to express negative emotions, but we want right. to do it in a healthy way, mm -hmm. and then we want to let it go, and then we want to come back to a positive. So it's very detrimental to act like something that's horrible is is fine. No. Yeah. Right. We don't yeah. want to do that. But there's I always of think of the comic of the little <laughs> dog sitting there having a cup of coffee while the room burns around him, and he goes, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, it's very detrimental, yeah. and, like, all sorts of negative right. things happen yeah. if you do, you know, like, just, like, if somebody's going through grief and they don't process it, right. you know, yes. like, it's going right. to hit you like a tsunami, and you don't want to mm -hmm. go through it that way. Um, but we can acknowledge it, we can express it, and then we let it go, mm -hmm. right? So just recognizing the power of our mindset and, and recognizing when we're in a positive space, we're 31% more productive than a negative, even neutral, or stressed. So if we're thinking about managing ourselves and you have a lot to do, it makes sense to be in that positive space, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want to be 31% more productive if they mm -hmm. have a lot to do, right? Mm -hmm. But what most people do is they stop doing anything healthy that would help them to be more productive when they start to become stressed. So they stop doing their exercise. They yeah. don't sleep as much. They, you know, everything goes. And I mm -hmm. say that I've been doing it for 22 years, and I had maybe three people who started doing more healthy stuff <laughs> during stressful times. Mm -hmm. And one was, said, I knew you were gonna tell me to start walking, so I started walking. I was like, okay. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, somebody else that said they were more stressed, so they started running more. Mm -hmm. And then I'm figuring I've forgotten somebody in 22 years. Right. But most people stop doing the healthy things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, another thing in terms of work-life integration and being in that space of thriving is just making sure when we're managing our energy that we keep coming back to that space and we can do small things to keep coming back right checking in on our perspective a simple gratitude practice is another great thing like three new things we're grateful for in the last 24 hours and why so it's not just family friends blah, blah, blah. yeah you know actually noticing again what you look for you will find um and these have huge positive impacts they've been researched up one side and down the other i mean Gratitude can increase anything that, like, and it can lower your, down to your dietary fat intake. Like, they have researched this tremendously. Less depression. Like, I am going to try this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, and it literally takes about, Is it bad that the trigger was weight loss for me? <laughs> Wait. I know. Like, dietary fat, lower dietary fat intake. Like they've researched so much about it. And this takes gratitude practice takes like a minute max two of your time right right but we haven't we have a negativity bias right yeah that's just for safety right so we are always scanning for negative we take it in we churn it up 
you talk about it, right? And plus, I like to think that here in an academic environment, we're kind of plugged in people. We listen to the news. Like, the news has a negativity bias. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's a world where if you're paying attention, it'd be easy to get really discouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the gratitude practice helps our brain to do what we do naturally for the negative to do it with positive. Right. Right. So it teaches us how to make those connections. And if we just kind of savor it for an extra moment, so we have the experience when we have it, right? And we take mm-hmm. it in and we kind of just savor it a little bit more. And then if we have a gratitude practice of just kind of bringing it up at the end of the day, we can do it with somebody that we're close to. We can write it down mm-hmm. or just recall it. Um, and then we have the experience again, and our brain doesn't know the difference between us thinking about something and it actually happening, right? So it's like it happened all over again, right? The same is true if we're doing negative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our brain yeah. and body are acting like it's happening over and over again when we're worrying about something or that. So the gratitude practice can help us to teach our brain to do what we do naturally with the negative, but do it for positive. That's amazing. It is. And I've, so I've, had, I've heard a million times today. about gratitude, mm-hmm. like doing a gratitude journal. or and At some point, I think that was a trendy thing, but, and it may still be. But like, just, you know, like even if you've got a little app on your phone or something where you can jot down like three or four things at the end of the day, or even as they happen mm-hmm. that you're grateful for, it doesn't have to be an intrusive thing. I think... As we've talked about some of these concepts, Patty and I have said over and over again, this they're all small things in a lot of ways, and they don't have to be things that are massively different in your mm-hmm. life or take up a ton of time. We're talking about That's small minutes. Yeah, minutes. Yeah, minutes. and small when you talk about change. gratitude practice, it's it's not even you don't even have to write it down. No, you, yeah, you just think no. about it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like if you have somebody that's special in your life. A work it, wife, for instance. A work wife. <laughs> like at work, right? We have to go celebrate our, our marriage. <laughs> then you can, right, you can do it. It's fantastic for the workplace. You can have a gratitude challenge, right? Where you yeah. encourage people to do you keep yourself practice kind of, it for yeah. 30 days. We know by 30 days, the new neurotransmitters have made their connections, right? And that's yeah. what creates the habit, right? So thinking about, yeah, like they, um, I just did a gratitude presentation over um, the CPG and they had shared an article about, I think it was like Java Press um, was the company and how they use gratitude to, as a mindset Mm -hmm. and grew their company 800%. Mm Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't cost anything to be like, yeah, to have gratitude, you know, towards our colleagues, but what we pay attention to grows. And if we, if we do this, right, people want more of this in their lives. They do. I think I put our collaboration board and the shout outs that Mm -hmm. we do, like it's a small thing. And I know some, some folks have not been as receptive to that because it feels like small and kind of silly sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, are we like writing something on the board when somebody does something to help well, you. Well, it's a, it's a appreciation board. So yeah. we just will thank somebody yeah. for something good they did. But it, it yeah. seems like and as people have gotten into it, it, it's like you said it's bred more gratitude, mm-hmm. more interest in in doing that. Mm-hmm. Helps that you might win a prize too, but 
so we've had a really good conversation and like there's so much more we could cover with this but for the time that we have today are there any other things that you think our um, audience needs to know before we close out I think it's really just taking that time to pause and think about you know what's one thing I might want to try for the next 30 days something that we've talked about, maybe a gratitude practice, maybe focusing on mindset, maybe starting to use a strength of mind each day for 30 days. Um, and just start with one small thing, right? Mm-hmm. And recognizing that you have an impact not only on yourself, but that ripple goes through your workplace, through your family, through your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that... Um, if we can take that time to manage ourselves, it's not selfish, it's smart. Mm-hmm. Right? It's necessary. It's necessary, it's smart, and it, it positively impacts not just you, but those around you as well. And the people in your life want you to take good care of yourself. <laughs> we want you to take good care of yourself, <laughs> audience, too. Yeah, and, and that way you can help to thrive in your life, and then you will feel that sense of work-life integration. Yeah. One of the things that as, I, as we were talking with Brenda and, and Anna and you, Mary, um, that I keep wishing is that I, I would have known this stuff when I was 20. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I really wonder if those people that have kids will think about how to get kids, and even as young as your kids, ready yeah our, our kids since yeah we're married now yeah um, we share custody of these children <laughs> she wants to <laughs> um, yes where would you like that <laughs> um that that to help instill practices into yes. people that please, are younger please, please. yeah Absolutely. don't you think gratitude practice right. is super simple to do with mm-hmm. kids of any age yes right. it, it would as be as a family yeah you mm-hmm. know um that's great. Them My two-year-old is always like perpetually thankful for the presence of cake in her life. Yes. <laughs> hey. She's the goddess of cake. <laughs> that's a, that's her aspiration right there. Is that there would be cake. Maybe she'll be a baker. <laughs> Mary, thank you so much for for the conversation and for your time and expertise. Uh, we've had a great time visiting here today, and I joked as we left um, a conversation with Anna that just being with you all and thinking about these things has been personally great for me just I feel I feel like I have some really positive things in my arsenal <laughs> like to approach life with at this point so I hope it's been a, a similar experience for our listeners we'll have some of the things that Mary has mentioned in the show notes and um, hope those will be useful to you and I know we'll be revisiting some um, of our feet friends and concepts like this from time to time if you've got thoughts out there about um more of this stuff that you'd like to hear about or just reactions to some of these concepts we would always love to hear from you you can always email patty or myself you can tweet us at uva underscore finance we're always eager to hear from you and to hear um, what would be most helpful to you to hear about on the podcast and feel free to get in touch if you want to learn any more um, absolutely better main number Absolutely. We'll link all that good stuff below. But for now, that's all, even though we could go on forever. We're going to pause (laughs) and call it done for today. And until next time, 
Do good work because what you're doing matters. Thanks again for joining us.